This Blitz podcast is brought to you by Bravado Wireless. Available online at bravadowireless.com. The Blitz 1170 stream is brought to you by Duck Creek Casino, your hometown casino. Josh Haley filling in for Jeremy Poplin on the Blitz 1170 from the Ike's Chili House Studio, serving four generations of Tulsans since 1908. This is one of my favorite weeks of the year because it marks the best event of the year happening at the Tulsa Expo inside of the SageNet Center. The Tulsa Shootout gets underway. Practice has already begun. Racing starts tonight at 7 o'clock. If you're out there wondering and uh, maybe new to Tulsa or just haven't heard of it before, this is your lucky day. The Tulsa Shootout, the largest micro sprint race in the world. Over 1,500 entries this year from, wow, 37 states and a total of four different countries. And we've got Brian Holbert, director of media for the Tulsa Shootout and for the Chili Bowl, which is just a couple of weeks away. Brian, great to talk to you. How's everything going as we're just less than six hours away from racing getting underway there at the SageNet Center? Chaos, my friend, chaos. <laughs> no, actually, it's uh, we're about midway through practice right now. They're doing a little bit of track work, and they're going to come back, wrap that up, and rework the track, come back about 7 o'clock tonight and get things going with our Outlaw Heat races with uh, 24 of those to start off the start off the event that's uh 238 total entries just for that division and so far drawn in we're right about 1700 incredible incredible it's there there's people from all as you and i both know brian living here in northeast oklahoma but there's just an allure a, a draw of the expo and the Tulsa shootout, which is actually one year older than the Chili Bowl, for those that don't know, 38th annual running now, the Tulsa shootout that gets underway tonight. But there's just such an allure for people from all over the country and as we're seeing uh, over the world, really, to try to come here and claim the uh, illustrious Golden Driller. There is. And, and the time of year is just, I guess you can call it perfect because kids are out of school micros really are geared in a lot of ways towards a younger crowd, but it spills over into the adult side where we have drivers. Well, i give an example. I, I talked about this on an interview with Channel 2 earlier. Our youngest competitor was born in July or August of 2016. Our oldest competitor was born in July of 1945. Wow. So that, that's one of the neat things about it with the way it's set up in the divisions you will have parents come in and race their kids, or you'll have grandparents racing their kids and their grandkids. Incredible. The, the, other, the other thing I think that I look at, too, and I think about, especially if I'm talking to somebody who, who doesn't know a lot about the event, is if you think of other sports and say somebody is a basketball junkie and you say, hey, how would you like the chance to play uh, a game against... Uh, a Russell Westbrook or a James Harden, or if they're a football fan, hey, how'd you like to uh, go out and play You know, a game with Peyton Manning as your quarterback or Tom Brady as your quarterback throwing the ball to you? That's like a 
once-in-a-lifetime type of situation. But this event, when you talk about the shootout, gives people that ability to, they might race on a local circuit week to week, but they have a chance to race against some of the most well-known racers in the world. Kyle Busch is in Tulsa racing in this event, and so is his son. When we talk about the age differences, that is one of the most unique aspects about it for me. Well, and what's neat about it is, is it's happened for years and years, and you see it just repeating itself where, you know, a lot of these guys that race in the upper levels, as their kids get older, they they migrate back to the shootout, and that's where their kids get their start. And you can go look on the list of winners on there, and you'll see names like Foyt. You'll see names like Swindell. I mean, it's there. there's a lot of history in this event that a lot of people don't realize, and even – that goes all the way back to the cart days whenever they were running 23 different divisions in this event. Now it's six and it's geared primarily around the micros. When I'm explaining what these cars are to somebody who's never seen them, I always, I always, the first analogy I take is have you ever been on the highway and you just get blown past by a crotch rocket motorcycle? Take the engine out of that, put it in a, uh, a full frame with a roll cage, what some people might sometimes say looks like an oversized go-kart frame slap a wing on top of it and you've got a micro sprint how do you describe it to people when they ask you not bad um the of course a lot of the people that i that i deal with are in the race community so i tell them it's a sprint car but it's about you know quarter the size so then people look at you outside of racing go okay what's a sprint car but the way you describe it's actually pretty good where yeah it's a 600 cc motorcycle engine and weight is not a not not a lot of difference in weight between being in that motorcycle versus being in that roll cage because you still you know barely pushing 750 pounds when you talk about these these cars and so many different guys got their start uh racing in dirt kyle larson many know on the nascar circuit christopher bell uh who's from norman who raced in tulsa a lot as he was an up-and-comer uh, but for these guys racing on dirt like they're doing at the Tulsa Shootout, it might be a stepping stone in their career to stardom and, and making a lot of money, but it's a step in, in their career that they always come back to. And a lot of people don't realize that there were times this year that Christopher Bell and Kyle Busch were racing micro sprints the night before they had a NASCAR race the next day. That's how much fun it is to these guys to still do it. Yeah, it really is, and you know, sometimes when you get into that upper level, uh, the sport kind of takes hold of you and says, hey, this is how you make your living, and we really need to be careful with that, so that's kind of what's happened with Christopher Bell, where um, we had messaged him to find out on his parking and everything, and he let us know that because of his contractual obligations with Joe Gibbs, he can't play an open wheel right now. I mean, he's one of their top drivers, so they're mm-hmm. protecting their asset and their investment. So, unfortunately, he won't be here this year, and, you know, we're really looking forward to having him back. But he's he's been great to this event, and, you know, being the local kid and his success here, success in the Chili Bowl, you know, it's, it's always great to see somebody like Christopher come back to this event. The the planning is is obviously far in advance for the, for the shootout and for the Chili Bowl, but... Describe to people what it looks like bringing all of that clay into the SageNet Center, how long that takes, and how far in advance that, that that actually starts to happen to build that track. So the building of the track this year actually started on December 11th when we got the building entirely. We were in here a little bit the day before, but really just kind of getting banners in place and kind of setting stuff around. As far as getting the clay in, 
it takes about a day and a half usually, maybe a little quicker some some years depending on the consistency of the material, how wet or how dry it is, um, who's operating the loader, how many trucks you have. But from bare concrete to race-ready track, we could actually do it in eight days if we needed to. Then there's a little in bit of a break. Of planning, in terms of planning for the event, it's year-round. We were talking about uh, the Chili Bowl with, with Big Al Jerkins uh, earlier today on the show, and he, always, he, he knew immediately, hey, the thing's already sold out, right? It, it always is. And it seems like the second it goes on sale, it, it's sold out that fast to people who are local and then to people from other countries as well even. So Emmett Hahn actually had, had a really good way of describing that. Is the world found out about the Chili Bowl before Tulsa did. <laughs> So most of our ticket holders are actually outside of the state, and we've got people that have had, had tickets now for the entire, you know, 37 years that it's that it's been in existence. So when we start doing tickets, we actually start the first Wednesday of March, and we do our renewals and our new orders at the same time. So if you're trying to get tickets, it's good information to know that, hey, that first Wednesday of March, start calling in. And the higher, obviously, you up on that list, the better off you're going to be. But when we go through, we do all of our renewals, we do changes in those, and then we start doing our new orders. And some years we can get about, you know, 30 or 40 pages in. Some years, you know, we only get maybe about 10 pages in. But the, the good thing is, though, with the Chili Bowl is the pit pass is always available. There's seating all along the back straightaway. There's areas on the ramp you can stand. We've got massive LED screens all around the building. In fact, we upped the size of the LED screens this year. The one looking over turn number two right now is 450 square feet. Wow. So you're, you're definitely going to be able to see the replays on that. Fans will be pouring into the uh, Expo Center even more than they already are as the Tulsa shootout will get underway tonight. We're talking with Brian Holbert, who handles public relations for the shootout as well as for the Chili Bowl. But you're involved with, with racing year-round, and, and – as a uh, as a play by play guy myself, uh, you're one, in my opinion one of the best uh, in the business, and uh, enjoy listening to you throughout the year. Uh, but how can fans watch the Tulsa Shootout as well as the Chili Bowl if they're not able to make it there or to get tickets? I really appreciate that. First off, and uh, if you if you want to see this event, say you you're not sure if you want to come out or you know maybe you're just your 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 job won't let you get away. Flowracing.com actually shows every lap. They're doing also the Chili Bowl for the first time, showing the main event on Saturday. In years past, it's converted over to MAV TV. Well, this year, MAV and Flow had a merger on their online broadcasting, so they're actually able to show the Chili Bowl in its entirety this year. But the cool thing about that is they're not pay-per-view events. They're actually part of Flow Racing subscription. So it's $150 a year, but that also gives you access to not only the racing side of it, whether it's late model sprint cars, modifieds, Chili Bowl shootout, what have you. That gives you access to the entire Flow Sports Library. So it's literally everything from collegiate wrestling to basketball, baseball, marching band. I mean, it, it gives you access to everything. So it's really kind of a neat deal, and you really do get your money's worth. In fact, I think last year they said they had 1,700 different motorsports programs that ended up being either live stream or post-produced on Flow Racing. And it's all archived, so you can go back and watch it on yep. demand like I did. I think I probably watched over 1,000 
<laughs> those things last year thanks to the so on-demand what's, feature. What's cool about that is Greg Stevens. Um, See if I can find out though. God rest him. One he of the best. Pioneered. He pioneered. You know what we see today, and just even in the online streaming. You know, he was there in the early days of Diamond P Sports and TNN, and you know when the when the outlaws were really starting to get prominent on television. And you know, he he invented all that basically. He he taught everybody how to shoot a race. Well, in the silver bullet carried over. Yeah, you know that all transitioned over into what we do now with online streaming. Well, he did the first twenty five years in a DVD set. Flow has that and actually put that all in their archives. So you can go back and watch, you know, the Chili Bowl from 94 when Hillenburg won. My favorite driver ever on dirt. Broken Arrows, finest, Andy Hillenburg. We're talking with Brian Holbert, public relations for the Tulsa shootout and the Chili Bowl. Um, you're, as I mentioned earlier, you're, you're in racing year-round. It's special to us both. I think we've talked in length in years past. Um, The first micro I ever had was purchased at at the uh, auction that that, uh, preceded the Chili Bowl and and right after the shootout, so it's always a special place for me, but how is it that that dirt racing can can attract us in and and it keeps you there year-round traveling around the country doing different races? I haven't found a drug more addictive. <laughs> I mean, and, and don't do drugs, kids. It's just a thing. <laughs> it is it, truly addictive. I mean, I've I, I've wondered, man, you know, should I try to do something different? You know, maybe I should do this. You know, why I've got kids. You know, what should I do? And luckily, my travel schedule allows me to to be, you know, no more than about a day, day and a half away at most times. So. And getting to call the variety of cars that I'm able to call now, the sprint cars, micros, I've done modified races in the last few years, you know, everything, you know, bomber races, it's, it's been a lot of fun. So it keeps my interest peaked all the time that you just, some weekends you really don't know what you're going to call them. And with the way our schedule's set up with ASCS and now 600 and, and URSS and OCRS and all the other acronyms we can throw in of dirt track racing in this area, We've had weekends where we've had one event rained out and turned around, drove three hours, and went into the other event. I think one of the one of the most um, interesting things about micro sprints, particularly, is the family aspect uh, that that you and I know well about and and know about from seeing it, you know, week to week. But there's a lot of expensive hobbies out there. Some people will take a boat to the lake on the weekend during the summers. Uh, some people might have an RV and, and go go camping or go on road trips. This is, in all reality, when you compare it to some of those things, it's one of the more inexpensive hobbies that somebody could have because if they wanted to get their kids started in this, you know, for, for less than 10 grand, which in today's world isn't that much compared to what people spend on boats, they could have a full setup and it's a family thing where they're at the track together every weekend. At the low end. Yeah, you're right. I mean, you're, you're not going to have the, the full Smith titanium carbon Sawyer chassis and, you know, the, just the murdered out piece that is, yeah, it's going to cost you some money to do, but if you're just starting out, yeah, I mean, you know, you can get a, a decent used micro and, and get the kids involved. And it turns into where if, when they, when they get old enough, you get them in the stock division you can go to the junkyard, grab a motor out of the bike, and put it in. You know, and and that's one of the neat things about it, and that's one of the ways that it does help kind of keep costs down, depending on your budget and depending on your level of racing. And we've got guys like 
let's take Frank Flood, for instance, has 618 career wins mm-hmm. in micros over 20 years. And you look at the setup and everything that he does, obviously, he's come to play. You know, they're not messing around. They've got great equipment. They know what they're doing. And, you know, it goes back to the old saying in racing, how fast do you want to go? Well, how much do you want to spend? Mm-hmm. But you don't have to so, start with that, as you mentioned. I remember Christopher yeah. Bell saying when he first started, they bought a used micro from uh, Brady Bacon, a guy that a lot of local people will know. And they're running a used car for their first few years of racing. Well, and he would come up and race port, and that car would actually stay at Emmett Hahn's shop. Full circle. So, you know, there, there, there's a long connection there, you know, that Emmett has with a lot of racers and a lot of families that he's helped over the years, whether it's Shootout or Chili Bowl or, you know, the American Sprint Car Series. You know, there's a lot of people that Emmett's that's helped, and, you know, he, he wasn't looking for notoriety. He was just looking to, to get you down the road. I think the last thing, Brian, I want to have you talk about, because a lot of people, if they're especially if they're new to the sport or uh, just learning about it, thanks to you joining us here on the Oklahoma Ford Dealers Hotline, is the safety in micro sprints. People might hear race cars and they're like, oh, my gosh, why don't I just go cliff diving while I'm at it? When in reality, micro sprint racing is one of the safest things that, that youth can do today over a lot of other even team sports that are out there. Well... You are safer in that race car doing 100 miles an hour than you are in your street car doing 65. If you look at the safety of these cars and the way they're built, the way they're put together, the five-point safety harness, the seats that are actually measured and fitted to the driver, the mold inserts that we can put in the seats to actually further mold to the driver to help prevent back injuries and other injuries, the fact that you're surrounded by a chromoly cage, and, oh, by the way, your seatbelts are rated to go into an F-16. Doesn't get better than that. Yeah, so, I mean, the, the safety aspect is phenomenal in these cars. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're, you're exposed a little bit. I mean, it's, it's an open cockpit. It's an open-wheel style of racing. And, and, and there is no safe sport. I mean, there's no sport that is void of accidents. Look at everything that the NFL went through all the years where all of a sudden everybody figured out, they really are getting concussions. Right. They had to do a redesign of the helmet. Look at, you know, what baseball's gone through and, and some of the safety aspects that they had to, to adapt with helmets and the way that they play the game. I mean, I know a lot of kids that played soccer that have busted knees to this day. So you're, you're always going to have that element of danger in anything you do. But racing, by and far, is actually one of the safer sports you can get into. It's, it sounds counterintuitive, but in reality, it is. Tulsa Shootout, the 38th annual Lucas Oil Tulsa Shootout gets underway. It starts tonight at 7 o'clock and then runs all the way through New Year's Eve at the SageNet Center, Tulsa Expo. Uh, if fans do want to come out, though, uh, what do tickets run each day, Brian, just to, uh, just to get in the gate and watch the great racing action? So it's $15 per weekday, 20 on Saturday, and we have discounts for little kids to be able to get up in the grandstands. And even the pits are, are pretty affordable, too, 30 per weekday, 40 on Saturday. And, you know, unlike basketball and baseball and a lot of these other sports or even NASCAR where you can kind of stand back from afar and go, oh, look, there they are, you can actually walk up and shake their hand here. So you're, you're definitely on top of the action. And one thing that's definitely different to talk about as far as seating, the shootout is all general admission. You can walk in, sit wherever you want in the grandstands. Chili Bowl, there's reserved seating, and then there's general admission on the back straightaway, not the shootout. You can just walk in, find a seat. 
It's a great event. Go check it out. Brian Holbert joining us from the Tulsa Shootout. Brian, thanks so much. Great to talk to you as always. Hey, thanks for having me on, man, as always. Brian Holbert joining us on the Oklahoma Ford Dealers Hotline. We'll take a timeout here on the Blitz 1170. Josh Haley filling in for Jeremy Poplin on this Tuesday afternoon. Thank you for listening to this exclusive Blitz 1170 podcast from Bravado Wireless.